I've been through all kinds of different ones. This particular one, I can kind of do it, but it ends up sounding like a chicken sometimes, <laughs> too. You know how you walk up on a chicken and you go to get her egg and she goes, Rrr, you know, it kind of had that sound to it. And uh, I, I was just failing with my mouth called to the point that somebody on the Facebook Live was like, your calling sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I, remember I, was like, that. I remember seeing that. And I, was, and I couldn't help but just laugh because I was like, dude, I have been working this bird Wise Eye Technologies presents American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge and his friends. I'm the Red Bull Mike Grace. Alex, uh, Alex is not with us today. Wayne Locke is in the studio. And uh, Alex, uh, I think he'll try and be with us next week. And he is uh, just busy. It's turkey season. And uh, you know what that means for Alex Rutledge? That means everything revolves around turkey hunting. Yeah, when you call him on the phone, he answers, you know, clucking and purring, yeah. and yeah. and you have to remind him he's not in the woods and the police talk in a normal voice. <laughs> yeah. He answers, gobble, gobble. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so, uh, Wayne, turkey season is underway. Spring turkey hunt in Missouri and Arkansas. And uh, so far, I haven't seen a whole lot on social media that would uh, indicate that very many turkeys are are taking a nap yet. I mean, it's, it just really doesn't seem to have happened yet. No, and at least not not locally anyway. I'm not seeing too much activity. Now, mm-hmm. uh, up in northern Missouri, there seems to be quite a few posts coming through. And, of course, out of state. I mean, some of these states are just hammering them left and right. And uh, the kids, I just I still can't get over the, the uh, not only for youth season, but the kids on opening, week, uh, opening day here seem to have mm-hmm. also done pretty good. Yeah, I think, and I think people do that. You'll get the kids out of the way early. You know, get them, get them, yep. get their bird, and then and then move on from there. Right. Uh, for the serious hunters, anyway. But uh, but good luck to anybody who is out there hunting. And you know, I was really hoping that Alex would be with us today because I wanted to get you know from an expert opinion on what this little cold snap. You know, it was twenty. We're recording this on Wednesday, and this morning it was twenty twenty nine degrees officially here in Thayer and Mammoth Spring, and then you know Thursday morning we're supposed to be down around thirty. Uh, so, you know, frost. And then Tuesday afternoon, we had the you know, snowmageddon move through. Right. <laughs> and how that would affect the turkeys uh, as far as where they were in the breeding process. Would it set them back or would they just quit or what? I mean, what what do you think? Well, from experience, I know like in Ohio, of course, we get the cold weather mm-hmm. with no problem coming into this this part of this time of the year. And uh, we, we always found that it seemed to shut the birds down for a couple days, and it really took a good warm spell for them to kick back into gear again. But if you're hunting turkeys on those cold days, the one advantage of that is you don't have to get up at four o'clock in the morning to go after them because right. they're not going to come off. Hunt. It's going to be a late hunt. They're they're not going to come off that roost right away. They're not going to be very aggressive right away. So sleep in, enjoy that cup of coffee. You know, help the wife get the kids ready, and then head out to the woods. You know, at your you know nine ten o'clock, and because you, you really that's when you're going to see them. Find that strut zone. They're they're even though they're not breeding. They're still going to be hitting that strut zone because sure. they're checking. Yeah, and 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 if you don't want to help the wife get the kids ready, uh, go ahead and get up early. Uh, go to where you normally park your truck. Uh, then you know when it's nice and warm in there, take you a nap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when the sun's beating through the go, window, and go warming down you to up. the country cottage or your favorite uh, coffee joint and get you a cup of coffee and a big breakfast and enjoy it. Exactly, and then head on out. All right. So anyway, so uh, th- I mean, that's kind of where we are, I guess, with with the turkey hunt right now. And uh, uh, by this weekend, things should get a little bit more back to normal. Uh, yeah. Weather certainly is going to be. And next week, I mean, we're looking at highs back into the 70s and 80s, lows in the 50s. It'll be back to perfect weather for turkey hunting next week. Right. It's also going to be perfect weather for the bugs to come back out, too. So. Yeah. And the snakes. We <laughs> the snakes and that, that is the advantage of snow on the ground when you're turkey hunting. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, don't have to worry about the bugs people flying in your about, eyes. Yeah, people don't look at the part B and C on that. And don't have to worry about stepping on a copperhead or mm-hmm. any other slithering creature around <laughs> in the woods. Right. All right, so um, uh, but that, that's going on now. And, and of course, uh, uh, really not a whole lot else other than the fishing. And the fishing, you know, the cold weather also going to turn it off a little bit. Uh, but, well, people are catching some big bass right now, full of eggs. And the walleye spawn is getting ready. Uh, saw somebody the other day posted uh, they were at the lake, caught a nice big female walleye full of eggs. Nice. So you know they're getting ready to go to go to nest and uh, and you know and the anglers just love that. I mean they love the fact that fishing's turning on. Crappie fishing is still just unbelievably good on the 
Army Corps of Engineer Lakes, Norfolk, Bull Shoals. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to see them over at Wapapello, too. And I know they've been working hard over at Wapapello trying to increase the uh, crappie fishing. And did you know one of the problems uh, at Wapapello uh, with trying to maintain a good uh, a number of crappie is the fact that it is a very shallow lake. Okay. Very shallow lake. So there's not a whole lot of room for those fish to get into a nest area. Like, you know, you know, Norfolk, you know, they, you, they're, they're going to be in out there in those big, big, uh, deep areas where they're suspended trees and, and right. stuff around brush from the get in. Yep. And on uh, Wapapello, they just don't have that. Now, do they, do you know if the Corps of Engineers does any dumping of stuff like Christmas trees, things like that? That's what they started doing from what I understand. Okay. But I remember a couple of years ago, we did actually did a show on it. Uh, the fact that crappie fishing just wasn't on Wapapello, wasn't what it was on some of the Corps of Engineer lakes. So they were trying to discuss, you know, figure out what they could do to make it better. So yeah. they've been working on that. Uh, but um, I'm looking yeah. forward to getting some walleye. I mean, walleye, to me, is my favorite fillet, is walleye. Really? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Hands down. I love walleye over any other fish, and I, including crappie. And that. Now, I have not tried uh, – what's the big argument on Facebook all the time? Suckers. Suckers. Suck. I've never tried a sucker before. Oh, boy. So I've got to try that. But the uh, the one part of the walleye that everybody seems to overlook is the cheeks. You got to mm. get that that little hunk of meat out of the cheek of the walleye. Everybody always just throws the head away, forgets to take the cheek out. But you talk, that's like the tenderloin of the walleye. Really? Oh, yeah. I, didn't, t- I oh, did not know that. And you get a big hunk. I mean, it literally is the size of like a half dollar. Oh, wow. You got a good size walleye. Um, and it is so tender, so good, so t- mm. thick, meaty. Yeah. I'll have to remember Folks, that. Folks, don't throw the head out until you take them cheeks out. Okay. I'll have to remember that. Uh, and, and I think that the suckers are, uh, I saw the other day somebody had been out and they'd, they'd shot a whole boatload of suckers, uh, shooting with a bow, bow fishing for the suckers oh, in, okay. in the river. Oh, I right love now. bow fishing. Yeah. And the, uh, the yellow suckers are, well, that's some kind of good. And you know, I don't know that they're a better tasting fish. It's the fact that when you go out, you know, bow fishing for, for suckers mm-hmm. is, is when you get done, you clean them. You build a fire, you get your grease hot, and you cook them right there on on the, the lake bank or the river bank, right. uh, the river bank, uh, wherever you, you you just go ahead and eat suckers right now. You don't take them home, and well, some people do, and you don't put them in the freezer and have a sucker fish fry later. I think the part that everybody talks about, oh, suckers are great because you cook them right now. Okay, and it's just kind of getting back to our roots, getting to the tradition, right? Yeah, you know, go go fishing and don't even leave. Just clean them right there. Get your pot of grease ready to go and cook them and eat them. So you're making me hungry already. I know. I haven't had I've got to find someone that does some sucker fishing around me and take me out one day. <laughs> oh, you'll enjoy it. And then when the grabbing season comes, oh, my goodness, and you get those creeks and uh, get on a tree that hangs out over that creek, and yeah. there'll be hundreds of them coming up in the river. You just drop a line with a treble hook and you just grab them. Oh, it's fun. if y'all can see mike's expression right now his eyes are just like his eyes are salivating (laughs) that's just fun and and then and then you 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 go to the bank and you cook them and eat them all right we got a really cool guest coming up here as a matter of fact uh, they're gonna be joining us here in just a moment so uh, real quick we have lizzie long from the little roy and lizzie show the uh, great gospel bluegrass band right lizzie has already harvested a turkey this year and she's going to tell us that story a little bit later we're going to talk about lizzie and, and what's going on with her and little roy and the whole gang playing music and and uh, you might remember a couple of years ago we had lizzie on with us and uh, she is so funny you're going to enjoy lizzie uh, sounds like she's going to be a hoot you're going to enjoy lizzie uh, you're listening to american roots outdoors radio with alex rutledge and his friends back with lizzie long and a whole lot more in just a moment Hi, i'm Preston Pittman, and you're listening to american roots outdoors with alex rutledge and his friends Redbone, what would you say if I could tell you that you could kill a buck on a certain day? I would say you're crazy. There's no way to predict how the bucks are going to move. Well, you're wrong. There's a new camera out called Wise Eye Technologies. These guys can predict the actual deer movement exact time that a deer is going to come through. Really? Wise Eye Technology? This camera has five megapixel pictures, has a GPS system built inside, and it's an experience using this camera. It collects data and tells you the movement, wind direction, everything. On a camera? On a camera. WiseEyeTechnologies.com. And how do I find out more information about these guys? You go to WiseEyeSmartCam.com. I'm using them. You should, too. Make your hunt easier. Use Wise Eye. Horn 
Quantity Ammunition presents American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge and his friends. I'm Redbone Mike Crace. Wayne Locke is in the studio, and we have our guest on the line from the Little Roy and Lizzie show. We have Lizzie Long. Lizzie, how you doing? Man, I'm doing great. I just come in. I've been doing a little bush hogging, a little hunting, taking care of animals, and we're getting ready for a show May 1st with the Mouthpass Brothers here in Lincoln, Georgia. So Ooh. it's been wide open. Man, that'll be a good show. I love the Malpass brothers. They, they are, you know, they're so entertaining. Kind of like you and, and Little Roy. I mean, the, the thing about seeing Little Roy and Lizzie's show, it is thoroughly entertaining. It is. And I, I, we're, just, we're just a bundle of energy. Yeah. <laughs> well, to say the least. All right, so for folks that don't know, uh, Lizzie, let's kind of start out with letting folks know who Lizzie Long is. Uh, you know, where did you where did you grow up, and 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 under what circumstances, and oh, where'd you go to high school, things like that. Tell us about Lizzie Long. Well, I'm from Lincoln, Georgia, a little town thirty miles north of Augusta, which is the hometown of James Brown. Augusta is, <laughs> but my hometown is known for the Lewis family yep. and Garrison Hurst football. <laughs> uh, so grew up playing bluegrass music with the Lewis family and um, just went moved to Nashville and went to college in West Virginia, went to college at Belmont University in Nashville, Tennessee, played with a bunch of folks over there in Nashville and uh, came back home and started playing back with Little Roy from the Lewis family and here I am with the Little Roy and Lizzie show. <laughs> That's just fantastic. So how did you hook up with the Lewis family? Um, they, used, they used to play with my family. My family was farmers. And theirs used to work at the factory. But, and they used to play years ago as the Lewis brothers with my family. But when they took off to be professionals, well, my family couldn't just up and leave the farm like they could leave the factory. So mm-hmm. uh, they took off as Lewis family. And then my grandfather used to have uh, jam sessions and stuff. And um, Little Roy would still come and pick. And um, they're kind of kin folks down the line, too. We have the same you know, kin folks and everything mm-hmm. along kind of way. And um, just kind of ended up with them. I, I became a ward of the state when I was 15 after my grandparents died. Then uh, little Roy and his wife, Bonnie, they took me in as a next to kin called the kinship program because they didn't really have any orphanages or foster homes down here. So uh ended up with them and uh, that's how that all happened. Is is it okay? And if it's not, it's fine. But uh, is it okay to talk about how you became a ward of the state? Yeah, it's fine. I uh, um, my my dad was a little rough around the edges. My mom had left when I was around seven, eight years old, hmm. and uh, it was just dad had a house full of kids and was a single man, and he got married to my stepmother, and. Um, it just got rough, you know. It, he was just, you know, okay. things were not easy and ended up becoming a ward of the state. And uh, after my grandparents died, I used to take care of them and spend a lot of time with them. And once they ended up gone, things got really hard and uh, the state deemed it wasn't safe. <laughs> okay. Uh, but thank goodness you had music to fall back on. I, I would assume that music got you through a lot of hard times. It did. It really did. <clears throat> Now, how old were you when you started playing with the Lewis family? Because you said you grew up playing with them. How old did you were you when you started, or when you I first met? I was actually fifteen years old when I kind of started with Little Roy, and then Little Roy started having me go and go to shows with them and everything. Okay, and uh, so you know I wasn't real young, but it, pretty much when I ended up as a ward of the state was when I started going. And um, man, I used to have stage fright like none other. You can't hardly <laughs> shut up now but back then <laughs> i wouldn't say a word you know what i mean <laughs> so when you when you when you how, how through all of that and, and those hard times how did you become a musician i mean just something you wanted to do because the rest of the family was or how, how did that come about you know my uncle, my great uncle jimmy played a fiddle and for some reason that just always stuck with me you know and um so when they'd have those jam sessions i always attempted to play and my my aunt, my dad's sister, Paulette, she played the piano and down here in Georgia, you know, all at the time, you know, if you were coming into age of 13 or 16, you know, you went to like, uh, you went where you learned how to set tables and okay. I guess they call it cotillion, maybe where y'all are at, but 
that's kind of the word they use around here too. And uh, you learn to set tables and be a lady and all that stuff. Of course, that's a debutante. Never gets really, that's yeah, debutante stuff. But that never really did hold too good with me. <laughs> Are you, you saying know, you I can't mean, walk around with I a think. book on your head? Yeah, it did all of that. And, uh, <laughs> just, but, no, it just kind of, I had my share of that. And, boy, I come out, when I come out of that, I come out of that. <laughs> a little spitfire. So, right? Yeah, there you go. There yeah. you go. Uh, maybe a little bit like her daddy. Yeah. <laughs> but I ended up playing ended up playing a lot of music, learning the piano, and it went from there. And I started playing fiddle. Trying mm-hmm. to. And then when I ended up with the Lewis family, Little Roy's like, well, there's already banjo players and guitar players. We need, you need to play the fiddle. So it kind of ended up with me doing that, you know. Okay. Wow. And what, <laughs> and what, what, what I mean, yeah, what a tough instrument to play, though. I mean, I have, I, I play a little bit of guitar, and, and obviously, yeah. you know, can play other stringed instruments uh, a little bit. But yeah. uh, to pick up a fiddle and try to even make a noise out of it that sounds something like a note. Is oh, really man. is really difficult. It is. It's the hardest instrument to play, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it's not just because I play one, but just because I still have a hard time trying to do stuff on it that I want to do to be good, you know, or try. It's it's just difficult, and it's you know when they call it the devil's instrument, it's the truth because the weather messes with it. Mm-hmm. You know, some days it sounds like it's supposed to, and some days it just doesn't want to do what you want it to do. And the bow is not wanting to do what you want it to do. The weather humidity messes with it. Mm-hmm. It's just <laughs> frustration. There's no wonder most players are drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Frustration, frustration, frustration. It's kind of like playing golf. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. All right, so folks, we got Lizzie Long on the line, and and we're and we're a hunting and fishing show. So we're going to talk about hunting and fishing with Lizzie because she is a turkey hunter, folks, and she is a hardcore turkey hunter. And uh, I know on our bonus segment today, we're going to talk about her hunt from this year, which ended up being an all day affair. And a lot of folks I know out there follow Lizzie Long, like I do on Facebook, and we got to see a lot of that hunt. Right on Facebook that morning, and Lizzie, I got to say before we take a break here, I was feeling pretty bad for you during the morning portion of that day. So oh, man, it just didn't. Um, whew, I feel sorry about it. Had to watch that hunt all day long because it was hard. <laughs> <laughs> it shouldn't have been that hard, but it was just hard. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk more about that and uh, a whole lot more, folks. You're listening to American Roots Outdoors Radio. I'm Red Bull Mike Race. We'll be back in just a minute. Hi, everybody. This is Jessica White with Wonder Woman, Kansas. You're listening to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and friends. Up a big old hill, year after year, got my Wise Eye Technology presents American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and friends. This is Wayne Locke. I got Mike Crace in the studio with me, and we have Lizzie Long on the phone. Lizzie, let's start talking hunting. Everybody's okay. kind of now we 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 kind of know where you came from. What what got you into your music career and and your uh, Spitfireness coming out of that uh, Lady Academy? <laughs> but yeah. but uh, for those that are are not following you on Facebook, shame on you. But uh, if you are following her, you know that you love to hunt. And I, I tell you, you're one of the few people you you're either in camo, probably seventy percent of the time. I would think either a hat, a shirt, pants, or all, uh, sometime during the day, and then probably the rest of the time it's just your pajamas. Am I correct on that? Pretty much. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, you got the overalls. I mean, it's here in the overalls every once in a while. Right, right. Yeah, everybody says it's a beatness thing to watch you. One minute you're, like, camoed up ready for war, and the next minute you're in sequins. <laughs> <laughs> hitting, hitting the stage. All right, well, let's talk about your beginnings of hunting. What What got you interested in hunting? Well, when I was a little girl, and this goes back, you know, to my real dad, uh, he took me turkey hunting when I was like mm, eight years old. Mm. And my dad was a great turkey hunter. In fact, he always tells the story of when the uh, a bunch of folks came down to Lincoln that was making turkey calls, maybe the Quaker folks or some other, I can't really remember who exactly he said it was, but they always listened to how folks did turkey calls, you know. But uh, anyway, he took me hunting the first time. He took all his kids hunting, but none of them 
it, it really stuck. I don't think like it did me, but I went turkey hunting the time I went, the gobbler was gobbling, mm. and we got one. And I just remember, I'll never forget it, it was a cool, wet morning. You know, the dew was wet, you know, and it was a big uh, wheat field, rye field, maybe maybe it was a rye field, I think. But anyway, I remember him picking me up because he didn't want me to get wet from the field because it was so cold that morning, me getting cold. Mm-hmm. We walked across that field, and I still hadn't really heard, you know, turkeys can kind of be faint in the distance, and he had heard something new where he was going. I hadn't really even heard it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I had no idea. But uh, we got down in the oak collar down there and uh, sat down, and I'll never forget when we listened, and I could finally hear what he's talking about, but I, what, I still wasn't sure. You know, really didn't know what was going on. Eight years old, what, not a clue. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, why'd you get and, me out before daylight and bring me out here in the middle of nowhere? <laughs> yeah, I just, just, you know, I just knew he was going hunting, but I just wasn't really sure exactly what was going on, what we were doing, what we were looking for. He just said, be quiet and listen. You know, so we sit there, and I just remember him sitting at the oak tree. We're both sitting, and I'm sitting to his right. And he's got his shoulder kind of pinned up against me, but, you know, it wasn't that bad. And my daddy is kind of deaf, my real daddy is, and uh, he said, which way is it coming from? And I was like, I don't know, because as a kid, when I heard that first gobble, it just sounded like it came from everywhere. Sure. <laughs> yeah, especially you know, if you're down in a holler. Right. Yeah, if you've been to every, if you've ever been in there, which a lot of you, I'm sure, have, you know, it was kind of like foggy, misty. The sun, you know, it's just kind of wake. The earth is waking up, and and that first gobble just feels like it fills the whole area. You know what I mean? Yes. It was like a gobbler just gobbled in a cathedral or something. And uh, that's the way he's coming from. So I just guessed. I said, I don't know. I think he's coming from the left. <laughs> so so Dad uh, was aiming towards the left, and the turkey gobble again. Well. He was coming from the right, and I'll never forget that. Thing. He's coming from the right, Dad. Maybe said a few choice words, and, <laughs> you know. Turned, he finally turned around, and he had me pinned up against the tree. I'll never forget. I could just feel the bark in my little eight-year-old shoulder in my back, and he was just lean. He had all his weight. He's a two hundred fifty pound, three hundred pound man. Just all of it on this eight-year-old. Mm. And I just remember looking over his shoulder, and I could just see that big old bird, and I could hear the, you know, the... The drum. The, yeah, the drum, yeah. The drumming, yeah. And I just remember that bird and watching that, and that just stayed in my mind, in the pain in my back. <laughs> <laughs> all the weight of a 300-pound man, when he pulled the trigger of all that, pushing it to the tree, and then we have a little thing down here that we do, you know, when we shoot a bird, you football tackle it. I don't know if that's just the Lincoln County thing, but I've always done that. You get up and you football tackle the turkey. <laughs> and I think it's really just to make sure it doesn't get away. <laughs> but, you know, to keep it flying. But that's just the thing we do here. And I just remember Dad getting up and running and football tackling that turkey. And ever since, I have just been bit. This It's just, it's never left my mind. And I have just loved it ever since. Wow. And, uh. So how many yeah. how many years after that, Lizzie, until you actually uh, harvested a bird yourself? The it was probably in my early twenties. That's probably twenty one, twenty two. Oh wow! So, never, so a pretty long time. Well, yeah, yeah, pretty long time. I had never really went on a hunt without my dad, and um, I had just come back from Nashville. And uh, started back hunting, and I was hunting on my own because there wasn't really nobody around, you know. Okay. And Dad was uh, my real dad. He come by and said, I just saw this lone gobbler over here at this church, this beautiful little white church in the Vale. (laughs) He said, be a good bird for you to try and go get up on your own. I said, well, all right. So I went down there. And I mean, literally, I, I could still see the church. I was just on the ed- edge of the property line of the church. And I sat down. I just had a little box call. And, and I just went, yop, yop, yop. You know, mm-hmm. and just sat. I never did hear a gobble. Never did hear anything. But I saw, I saw him 
And I tell you what, that was my first bird I ever called up, and I never, and I didn't even shoot him. I just watched him. I couldn't believe that I'd called my first bird up. You know really? What I mean? Yeah, and I watched him do the strut and everything. I listened to him drum, and I was going to shoot him, and I said, you know what? You're the first bird I've ever called up on my own, and I let him go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I say that that's kind of neat because. Yeah, that bird gave you an education. I mean, you were able to watch it, you know, spit and drum and, and put on a show. You probably learned so much from that, you know, 10, 15-minute encounter than you would have if he would have just walked up and you shot him right away. Oh, yeah. I mean, I just sat there and watched. I really did. I, but I guarantee you every bird after that I shot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but man. I did. I, I think I was so in awe that... I could do it without help. You know what I mean? It was mm-hmm. really, and it wasn't really a confidence building thing too. And I think at that moment, I just had, besides the shock and the awe, which probably was more the reason why I didn't shoot him, but just the fact that, like you said, I learned that from that bird. It was just kind of a mutual agreement. <laughs> right. You know, I was just thinking also when she was talking about uh, that, you know, after you shoot him, you, you get up and you run and you tackle him. Yeah. That, that yeah. probably explains why the Georgia Bulldogs defense has been so good for so many years. <laughs> <laughs> because they were all tackling their turkeys. That's where they learned to tackle from. Oh, I'm telling you, they started young down here, boys. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no kidding. You know, in, 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 Everybody learned how to football tackle. <laughs> yeah. yeah, in Missouri, we don't tackle the turkeys. We just run out and put our foot on their head. Heads. Just stomp on Oh, them. really? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Just put your foot on his head yep. and lay him flop around. And, uh, anyway, all right. So, folks, you're listening to the American Roots Outdoors radio show. We got Lizzie Long on the line. I'm Redbone Mike Grace. Uh, uh, Wayne Locke is here. And uh, we're going to take another break. When we come back, a couple of years ago, Lizzie uh, had an opportunity to go on a turkey hunt with Alex Rutledge. And Lizzie, we'll <laughs> tell that story uh, in, our next oh, okay. se- in our next segment. We'll be back in just a minute. Hi, everybody. This is Aaron Tippin, and you're listening to my old buddy, Alex Rutledge, with American Roots Outdoors. Yeah, good Around your heart, so you never got to worry what the wind might do, American Roots. Hi, everybody. This is Alex Rutledge with American Roots Outdoors. How many of you need an attorney? If you're like me, sometimes you do. I go to Zane Prevet at the Prevet Law Office, Willow Springs, Missouri. No case is too big or too small. You can call Zane at 417-469-3535. Zane Prevet at the Prevet Law Office. This is Alex Rutledge, and he is my attorney. Hornady presents. Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and Friends. It's Wayne Luck. I'm Mike Crace in the studio. And again, we have Lizzie Long on the phone with us. And uh, what a story about that uh, that hunt, her calling that bird in and then, and then, and then not shooting it. I, I mean, how many guys out there can say that they would ever do that? I'm not one. Yeah, me either. <laughs> I remember my first bird coming in. I, I, I shot. I missed. I shot again. Missed. Shot again. And still missed. But I was not going to not shoot. <laughs> well, see, I remember my first one was was just a few years ago because I never turkey hunted at all in my life, and and got with some guys. They said we want to take you turkey hunt, and there were actually two guys that I do basketball play by play for high school basketball, and they were a couple of guys that I'd called games for them in high school, and they said you always wow. talk good about us, so we want to take you on a turkey hunt, and you called our basketball games, we want to call you in a turkey, and they did, and and. They really got upset because we were filming for the TV show. And uh, uh, the bird came up over the top of the, he was down under us, and he came up over the top of a little hill, and he spotted us. Well, he just took off running. So what's the rule when you're filming? You don't shoot a bird running. Right. Well, (laughs) guess who got excited and shot a bird running? (laughs) And, And then they were like, we can't believe you hit that bird at 40 yards. Running. On the dead run. On the dead run. But, uh, but I did. And, Blind squirrel uh, finds a nut every now and then. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> but it was fun. But, uh, yeah, they were – I could hear my headphones. They were going – or in my earpiece, they were going, don't shoot, don't shoot, don't shoot. Boom! <laughs> Turkey flopped, and they are like, we can't believe you hit that bird at that distance. I on can't the dead believe it <laughs> But I was using a goose gun, so 
I, that I, might explain I, I, a little I bit. I had a bit of an advantage. All right, so Lizzie, let's talk about here about, I don't remember how long it was, three, four, maybe five years ago. You went on a turkey hunt with Alex Rutledge and uh, Miss Sarah from the Trinity River Band. And uh, tell us a bit, because Sarah killed her bird the first day, and then you were on the bird. It was your turn the second day. Tell us that story. Oh, man. <laughs> so Sarah and them had known Alex, and they and, and they knew me, and they wanted, to do a, they wanted to do a TV hunt with Alex. And, I, and they mm-hmm. called me and said, would you go with Sarah? Since you hunt a lot, so she won't be by herself with Alex. I was like, sure. Yeah, I'll be glad to go. And keep and in I mind, said, folks, you know, Sarah said, had never turkey hunted before in her life. Never. Beginner, beginner, everything. You know, and I was feeling good about it. You know, I was like, man, you know, it's my first out-of-state hunt, but, you know, I was ready to go. So I was like, well, we'll get Sarah out of the way first. We had discussed who was going to shoot first. I said, well, let's Sarah. She's a new one. You know, I've shot mm-hmm. birds before. And then, and that, and we're secretly, I was thinking to myself, well, that just give me three days to take my time, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, that's a famous last thought. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, she, uh, sure enough, it was a beautiful 80-degree day in Kentucky, up there on the top of the ridge. Uh, uh, Alex called in the suit owl. We was all watching him call in the suit owl. And uh, we sat down on the top of this path, on top of the mountain, and he called, I mean, just a passel of big gobblers up the road. I mean, there's plenty to pick from. I think it was six in this lot. I can't really remember. And uh, she was shooting a 20-gauge with a big ring on it. I remember that. <laughs> and uh, she got that turkey, you know. And uh, I was like, yeah. We were all just excited. Yeah, already first day. It's going to be a good weekend. Won't gonna be nice get you know easy doing mm-hmm. and uh famous last words <laughs> famous last words so after that those birds were still gobbling well he called him back up <laughs> and rick taylor was the camera guy and he was sticking with me i remember that this was on the sunny day i remember us running down and i laid on my stomach on this pile of rocks in kentucky which mm-hmm. in in an adrenaline rush i should have known better you you don't do that. <laughs> and, yeah. and Rick was laying uh, kind of over top of me with his camera over my shoulder, you know. Mm-hmm. The birds never did really come in. But about that time, we heard. <laughs> and I was sitting there going. And, it, and then Rick goes, <laughs> through the earpiece. <laughs> and under that rock was. A, 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 like a rattler or something, you know, and, it, yeah. and we were just like sitting there and we finally got up and just got away from there after the turkeys got going. <laughs> wow. Oh, boy. Anyway, so moving right along, moving right along, it was just an adventure after adventure. We ended up climbing a fence, you know, we were going to the next spot. The next day it was ended up being 14 degrees, snow and sleet. <laughs> And uh, just freezing. I had brought clothes that most turkey hunt. You just don't think it's going to be that cold when you're turkey hunting. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> we were crossing this fence in this pasture, and I remember that there's a bunch of dead cows because at the time, you know, folks, was it was kind of bad. It was kind of like that was the year when fuel prices went up. Nobody had money, and I guess they couldn't afford the money to feed the cows. But mm. anyway... We was walking along this electric fence, and Alex had crossed, and then he was carrying uh, his gun and a decoy, and Rick crossed with all the cameras. Sarah crossed. I was carrying decoys and a gun, and uh, just when I put my right leg over that electric fence, I mean, and, and this is just one strand, you know. Mm-hmm. Down here in Georgia, they always put up three strands of, of uh, or at least two strands of uh, yeah, electric just plain, fence, yeah. yeah, just plain wire electric fence. But this, I really didn't know this was electric fence. <laughs> let me remind you, because it was a piece of it was barbed wire fence. Oh, and it was wire. one string, oh. and I had just seen Alex and Rick and Sarah cross it with no problem. <laughs> and I had just put my right leg over carrying those decoys, that gun, and that. Barbed wire fence, me not thinking it's hey, it's just a barbed wire fence. Who who lights up a barbed wire fence? 
Y'all, oh, that barbed wire fence hit my uh, most netherly tender regions. <laughs> and I ended up on the ground. I mean, you can hear it. It went clap. And Rick Taylor turned around. I'm laying on the ground thinking I have just fried all of the eggs that any baby that I was going to have. And I was just like, and Rick said, are you okay? I said, I don't know whether to tell you that was great or really great. <laughs> and it was just, it so, so went from all of that, went from all of that. And he got me up and we went back and we found this other turkey. And uh, this particular turkey, we found Rick, uh, Alex called it up. And uh, it came around in these bushes and, and Alex was behind me. And I remember him saying, I was shooting his gun. This, uh, it was, um, I can't remember the type of gun it was, but I just remember him saying, I had just had a back surgery like five months before this, too. So mm. he was like, make sure to put your chin, put your chin down on the gun, put your chin down on the gun. And, you know, and I was trying to get bent over, but I missed that bird. Mm. And then we went going some hunting some more, and me and Rick went by ourselves down this mountainside, and we both slid down the hill. <laughs> Ended up going sliding twenty foot down this hill. <laughs> Me and him with the camera, we're just sitting there, and I just turned around. And I actually found a video of us doing that. But I turned around, looked at Rick, and Rick just looked at me. And he just shook his head. He said, "How has this gone so bad?" <laughs> like I don't know. But it, Alex had called me up three different birds, and I missed every one of them. Oh boy. But what a memorable hunt. I mean, that's one, you know, you may forget hunts when you harvested birds and it was easy, but that one you will remember forever. Yeah. Well, she's yeah. talking about like it just happened this last week. <laughs> she obviously has not forgotten one single bit of that. <laughs> now, no, don't forget something like that. No, you don't. Oh, Lizzie, we're, we're about out of time. And um, okay. uh, folks, uh, Wayne, tell folks, we're, go we're going to do a bonus segment with Lizzie because she had quite the adventure harvesting a bird this week. And a lot of you may have seen it on Facebook, uh, but uh, she's going to tell us that story on the bonus segment. So tell people, uh, Wayne, what they can do and where they can hear the, the bonus segment today. Yeah, to listen to uh, more of Lizzie Long and her uh, turkey hunt this year, all you got to do is go to your, your favorite podcast carrier, type in American Roots Outdoors, and uh, click on it, hit subscribe, leave us a review, and listen to the rest of the story. And if you missed any of the first half of the radio show, of course, that's also on there. So you'll be able to listen to the whole show, including the bonus segment that you can only hear on the podcast. And speaking of podcasts, we do have that contest that we've been talking about the last couple of weeks. And uh, we did have a winner, but he actually disqualified himself. <laughs> DLotto28 was supposed to be the winner, but guess what he forgot to do? Tell us where he was from. Exactly, and his his real name. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> yeah, when you leave those reviews on the podcast, you've got to give us your real name and what town you live in, so we can contact. You. Right. So Delato, if you're listening, uh, contact. Send me a, a personal message on Facebook, and uh, I'll still get something out to you. But uh, so we drew again, and Betty from Missouri is the winner. Betty got herself a T-shirt, a mug, and a turkey call. Oh, wow. So congratulations, Betty, and I'll get in touch with you this week. Again, folks, just go to your favorite podcast carrier. Make sure you leave us a review and uh, leave your full name and the state you're from in that review so I can get a hold of you for the next drawing, which will be in two weeks. All right, folks, hope you've enjoyed the American Roots Outdoors radio show with Alex Rutledge and his friends. I'm Red Bull Mike Crace uh, for Wayne Locke and for Lizzie Long. When your roots run deep and strong. There's no reason to fear the wind. So you never got to worry what the wind might do. American. Thank you for joining us for today's American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge. You can find us on Facebook. Look us up on the World Wide Web at AmericanRootsOutdoors.com. We'll be back again next week on this great radio station.
Texas Raised Hunting Products presents American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and friends. This is Wayne Luck. I've got Mike Craze still in the studio with me, and Lizzie Long is still on the phone, and we're going to be talking about Lizzie's hunt. But again, folks, quick reminder, if you're listening to this, that means you are on our podcast. Make sure before you get off that podcast, leave us a review and make sure you leave your name and number in it. Again, congratulations to Betty from Missouri, who won our turkey package that we have going out to her this week. And we'll be doing another drawing in two weeks, so folks, be sure to get that review in to us. Absolutely. So, Lizzie, let's talk this year. Uh, although that, that last story, was, I, like I said on the break here, I had to wipe tears from my eyes. I was laughing so hard. But, um, folks, if you're watching Lizzie on, on Facebook, you had one heck of a day the other day. And uh, if you were at work, it didn't matter if, when you started work, you were watching her. If you checked in on her at lunchtime, she was still on that hunt. And when you got off of work, she was still on that hunt. <laughs> so, Lizzie... Take it from there. What happened? Oh, man. So I went to go hunt with my buddy Craig here in Georgia. And it, it, you couldn't ask for a better morning for anybody that woke up and was watching it with me. You could hear the gobblers. They mm-hmm. were just everywhere, you know. And uh, we're sitting there, and it's come daylight, and that gobbler's gobbling. I would just, you know, clap, 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 you know, just let them kind of know where I was at. And I had folks on my live saying, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna, he's just going to walk away. You're going to have to go to him. But I was just doing what I've always done, you know. And uh, I was like, well, he's going to come down right here. Well, he never did. And I was like, it!" So I hunted that bird till about 9 o'clock to another spot. I got around him, and he was coming in again. And I could tell it was an old, smart bird. But, boy, did I under estimate an old smart bird <laughs> uh you're They're not old for a reason <laughs> yeah you're not the only one that's ever done that is he? oh man so he we you know we set up and, and everybody's like you're moving too much and i was like y'all just don't understand i'm trying to move back some to make him think i'm moving away so he would come into me you mm-hmm. know what i mean yeah Good and trick, uh right? and and that worked for a little bit but then and the and the problem was there was hens around everywhere too. That other gobbler, he jumped down and hen was there. That I mean that same gobbler, and he was with her. And I and I spent an hour going around to find him on the other ends of some other gobblers and hens. And I got him back to gobbling again. And I think and I think in the live video I say I, he's gobbling again because I'm on the other side of him. And uh, and then this hen cuts me off again when he's coming towards me, and I'm just. Chewing out every hen, of course, and that my my real dad's like just just uh, we need to start talking to the hens to tell the hens to come to you. I was like, all right. So I started doing the lost call and telling it, and and I had hens come to me, but it was not the hens with the gobbler that I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, this is not going. So it's getting about you know one or two o'clock, three o'clock. And I'm like, okay. And it's windy as all get out. Terrible day to hunt. Can't hear nothing. Wind's picked up to about 10, 11 miles an hour. You know, bushes just moving. I'm just like, golly. And my buddy Craig, it's 2 o'clock. He's like, let's go get some food. I'm like, no. We are going to get this. We are going to get this first. <laughs> so hunting some more. I tried a mouth call. Tried to play call. I was just exhausted, sweating. And, uh. The mouth call I was using, I have done. I had bought a bulk of my favorite mouth call, which was called Warlocks. Well, they don't make them no more. Mm. And uh, so now, I don't know if y'all ever been through the phase where you're trying to find a mouth call, but <laughs> it can be rather, rather torturous, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. And uh, I've been through all kinds of different ones. This particular one, I can kind of do it, but it ends up sounding like a chicken sometimes too. <laughs> You know how you walk up on a chicken and you go to get her egg and she goes, you know, it kind of had that sound to it. And uh, I I was just failing with my mouth call to the point that somebody on the Facebook live was like, your calling sucks. (laughs) (laughs) I remember seeing that. I remember seeing that. And I I couldn't help but just laugh because I was like, dude, I have been working this bird since 6 a.m. and it's 3 o'clock and I still... We got around him, and I got in this pine in this pine in this pine tree area on next to the food plot. And I was like, "Okay, well, I'm gonna get him. I'm gonna get him coming up, walking this way." 
I started calling again. This time I had the slate call. It was a zinc call. I have a zinc uh, slate call. And he was coming to it pretty good. And he just, I don't know what happened, but he shut up again. And I was like, so I look around at Craig to see what he's doing. He's just sitting there, so he's not doing nothing that's, you know, mm-hmm. really spooking the bird or anything. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So I was like, it. I was like, and I think he actually had the camera at that point. And you could see my big butt where I'm crawling on my stomach trying to get to the edge of the tree line. Well, then he still didn't come. So I, I, we moved back out and come back around to the top of the road that goes into that food plot. And we could see him. I was like, there he is. And we could see him. And he was on the edge of the weeds in the food plot. And I could see his head. And he was a big bird. And I was like, I'm going to get this dang bird. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we eased in. Craig went in and sat down on the edge of the pine trees again. And I went in to this edge of pines. And I, instead of sitting, I just stood up. I standed up. And I had a, a decoy, an avian decoy hen. And I put her out. So I just sat there so I could watch this bird. I could actually see him now. So I, I kind of knew what was going on. There was another hen with him and a Jake. And I was like, well, we'll be able to do something with this now that I could kind of see what he's doing and I could change his mind. Well, sure enough, I didn't video this part because I, I told everybody, it's like, I just can't do this in video at the same time because I was trying to concentrate on the bird. And finally, uh, he just come up. He saw, finally saw that decoy. And I was just doing, like, feeding purrs and clucks and stuff. And uh, he was just taking his absolute old man time. <laughs> just, I mean, not really even strutting. He would just ease up and stop. Ease up. I mean, I probably stood there against that tree, little sapling pine tree, 45 minutes waiting on him to just, I mean, he was really watching that bird, but I think he was, he was just so old that, you know, he, he just, he was smart. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, finally he just came up and read and I, and, and Craig was on the other side, other side and he was watching me and I was standing and I had my gun holding it, you know, just uh, down in front of me. And I could tell Craig was like, Lift your gun up, lift your gun up. And I'm notorious for waiting the last minute to move my gun, you know, because I don't have the strength in my back to hold it up like mm-hmm. most everybody does with camera hunts. And sure enough, here he comes, and Craig said he ain't never seen nothing like I lift my gun up over the tree, and I and I shoot the bird in football tackling. <laughs> and it was 6 o'clock, y'all. It was 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. that I hunted that bird and finally got him. And it, wow. and it was worth it, but good gosh. He had two beards on him, two nice full-grown beards. And and uh, I was just, ooh, I slept good that night. I bet you did. <laughs> I bet you did. Wow, that's a fantastic story. Twelve hours, guys. Twelve hours Lizzie Long hunted this turkey. Well, that teaches you don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up yeah, on that bird. Don't. I, I do have one bone to pick with Craig, though. He needs to like do some give some kind of signal before he does a mouth call, because I had the volume. I, I had my headset on and I was listening, you know, watching your hunt. And I had it turned up because I'm trying to listen to what maybe you might be hearing. And he's filming you like right. when you belly crawled and you got up to another tree. And I had the volume turned up all the way. Well, then the cameraman who's filming it decided he wanted to do a couple clucks <laughs> or yelps. He about blew my eardrums out. <laughs> I had a whip. I whipped my 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 headphones off my head so fast. My wife looked at me. She's like, "What was wrong?" I said, "I said he yelped in my ear." <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, wow. he. Do <laughs> you know that he uses a uh, wing bone call? Hmm. You don't really see that no more much around here. No, and those are uh, hard to uh, use too. Yeah, and you know what? I can make my slate call or mouth call sound like a turkey more any day than that thing can. I mean, and he'll yak on that thing, you know, answer to that before they'll answer to the real silent one. It's the beatingest thing I've ever seen. Huh. Yeah, we just talked about that last uh, week about how you don't have to be perfect. It's the imperfect ones that seem to get the best, the most success. It it really is, and it's the craziest thing. The more I try to sound like a bird, the less 
success I have. <laughs> but if I just kind of go, it, 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 you're right. It's just, it's, it's ridiculous. You just never know. And then the next day we went, all that gobbling all day long, and the next day we went, what, one bird gobbling. Wow. <laughs> That's well, great story, Lizzie, and we appreciate you being on the show and doing the bonus segment with us. Uh, are you going to be heading back out to the woods? I I am. I am. Uh, I thought about going maybe in the next couple of days, but uh, I have you know we have that event coming up May first, so I have yep. been bush hogging and trying to get things cleaned up and uh, and everything ready for the show, and uh, and just in between, I'd stop and go hunt or something. But yep. yeah. Most definitely. All right. So for folks that want to follow, yeah, people that listen to uh, the radio show and and then the bonus segment, they want to follow Lizzie Long. uh, Where can they find you? I'm I'm assuming on all the social media platforms. On all the social media platforms. uh, On Facebook, it's uh, Lizzie.Long.Georgia, and it's a public page. You'll see a little verified blue check mark. Okay. It's also the Little Roy and Lizzie shows on Facebook, too, but most all of our stuff is on my Lizzie Long page because it's It just ends up there because that's where I'm working from the most. And then uh, we have a website if you want to see where we're going to be at next called littleroyandlizzie.com. We have finally got some dates after COVID, which um, I tell people it was a blessing with COVID because I had, like, finally the first year that I was able to deer hunt and turkey hunt without having to leave or Little Roy wanting me to practice or somebody wanting me but um, I'm so blessed to really get, be getting back on the road and, and singing again. I know so. all, Your fans are happy, too. I'm yeah, sure. fans are happy, too. And I know all the musicians that I know, and I've talked to several lately, uh, they can't wait to get back out on stage. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we're, I'm ready. You know, everybody's like, I bet you enjoy staying home now. I'm like, no, pretty much a nomad. <laughs> you know, I'm ready to. Yeah, when, when, when you travel for a living and you have to stay home for 14 months, yeah, it, you kind of get stir crazy. Hey, just a quick question well, before, went, uh, on your social media. Are you a TikTok girl? I am a TikTok girl. You I don't are. do a lot. I oh, I would have lost that bet. I would have <laughs> bet that you were not. <laughs> well, you can kind of say I'm not right now because this has been probably – five months since I posted Okay, something. you're not then. You're okay. not. Okay. All yeah. Right. Yeah, I'm not an everyday TikTok person, though. Right. But um, going back to COVID, you know, we were doing 100,000 miles a year to mm-hmm. 18,000. Wow. That's what that's what COVID did to us. Wow. Well, look at it this way. My mom always taught me, Lizzie, you always look for the silver lining. You saved, yeah. you saved a lot of mileage on your bus. Yeah. You're right. It'll, it'll last you a whole nother year now. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay. All right. Lizzie Long from the Little Roy and Lizzie Show. Wayne Locke is here. I'm Red Bull Mike Craze. Folks, thank you for joining us on the podcast. Don't forget to leave that review. And until next week, when your roots run deep and strong. There's no reason to fear the wind. 